Welcome, everyone. We have, oh, it's always a special guest at, at Soul Savvy. I just love it when we get to bring on um, new team members and, and introduce them to the community and to the sneaker world at large. I don't feel like I need to give my guy here, Tony, an introduction. So I will let you say hello and introduce yourself and, and we'll go from there. Perfect. Well, my name is Tony Mui and I am the newest member, as far as I know, as far as we're recording this podcast, I yeah, am sure. the newest member of the Soul Savvy team. Yep. I will be taking on the director of video role, formerly coming from Complex. You know, great times there, but it's it's time to challenge myself even more with this new role. Yeah. There's there's always evolution in everyone's lives. That's that's part of growing as a professional, as a person. And we're we're really, really excited to have you here. And part of the reason why I punted your introduction was I didn't have to figure out how to pronounce your last name because I forgot to ask Marco how to say it. It's fine. It's like muy bien. Yeah, muy, muy. I got it. Okay, I got it. This is the same thing I did with Anna. I'm like with her, I was like Betty Yonis. Like it, it yeah. took me a little while, but now I got I got the repetition down of saying your guys' names. And I I hate it that people call me Dijon, so I'm very sensitive about mispronouncing people's people's names, and that's how I ended up with DP. But yeah, I think DP is a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not. We're, this podcast is not about me. This podcast is, is about you. So let's let's take this way back. You grew up in Brooklyn, New York, right? I grew up in the Lower East Side, uh, New York City, and okay. then moved to Brooklyn. Cool, cool, cool. So obviously, New York sneakers, basketball culture. It's it's the epicenter. It's where a lot of things happen now. Knicks. We're not going to throw the Nets in there. They haven't. They're, they're working their way up to that, right? <laughs> how'd you how how did you first get into into shoes? Like, what what did that look like for you? You growing up? So growing up, I was never really into shoes. I was more into basketball. You know, it was the love of the game first for me. You know, I have an older brother, and he's a year older than me, and he was pretty overweight. Yeah. So growing up, my parents would um always encouraged me, the skinny one, because my brother was stealing all the food and the milk. They were always encouraging me to do exercise so that my brother can tag along and, you know, get him in shape as well. So as a child, uh, I asked my parents if they could enroll me into this uh, basketball camp called the Junior Knicks League. And oh. then and there I, I grew up, uh, grew a passion for for basketball and just playing and over the years, I just kept playing, started learning how to dribble between the legs. And, yeah. and once you do that first move, you're, you think you're the man. Yeah. <laughs> so playing basketball as a, as a child, that really got me into the whole MJ era and the Knicks rivalry. And then it wasn't until maybe the seventh grade when my, my dad took me to Models. And, you know, when you go to Models, you're not going for one sneaker. You're going to probably buy two pairs of sneakers that were on sale so that you don't have to go for the next two years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So the sneaker that really kicked it off for me was the uh, Nike Air Max Uptempo 97s, the black okay. and red. Yep. Yep. Mostly black, hints of red. So at Models, my parents didn't know how to use the foot measuring apparatus. I don't know what you actually call those, but yeah. a Models employee asked, asked my parents, hey, um, what are you guys interested in? And I automatically gravitated towards that pair. And I think that was the year that that shoe actually came out. So it wasn't on sale. It was full price. 
Hmm. Which is kind of crazy because my parents would never buy me anything full price as a child, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, get stuff on sale. That's it. But I kept begging my parents. I, I guess I they asked me what size I was. I have no idea. I'm a child. So yeah. I just told them, I guess I wear a size seven or something. The employee goes to the back, doesn't have a size seven, brings out like a half size, too small, six and a half. And I cram my feet in there. And my parents told me, asked me, hey, does it fit? I said, yeah, of course it fits. <laughs> right, I really wanted the sneakers. And as a child, you would lie to your parents just to get the sneakers. So yeah. I made my parents buy that pair. And then they also bought a pair of Fila Shockwaves, which were terrible, but it's just the pair on sale, right? As long as I yeah. got the, the good pair, I'm cool with wearing the bad pair. The, the backup plan, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then that entire year of school year, I had to cram my feet into a half-size smaller sneaker and... You know, when you go swimming and you get those toe cramps? Yep. Yep. I was yep. constantly getting those toe cramps. It was just horrible. I think that that kind of, it, it's almost like, I don't want to say it, but it's almost like a Chinese foot binding. <laughs> I feel like I didn't grow because my brother's like six feet and I, I'm only five, nine. I feel like that really stuck. That cost you? Yeah. That took your three, that took your like three, four inches away? Yeah. That took away my NBA career. Sad to say. Yeah. yeah. Parents, so, models, your 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 origin, your sneaker origin story could also be your villain villain origin story if, if you wanted yeah. to spin it around. <laughs> yeah, curse you, models. <laughs> yeah, I I I don't know the the models counterpart to me as as a Canadian would be sport check, which is like okay, okay, it's time for school. All right, go in there, you and your brother, find something that's in the buy one get one half off section, and you both get a pair of shoes, and that's what you're rocking for the next twelve months, which is always just so funny from a sneakerhead perspective that we get to this point in our lives when we're, you know, we're making money, we're our own adults and we're like, yeah, no, I'm going to buy like 12 to 30 pairs of shoes per year and spend an absurd amount of my income on sneakers that I can't even all wear. Um, so wild when you think about it that way. <laughs> I know. But that's also where the love of a good GR comes from for me. Right. I, I mean, people are like, oh, you got 500 pairs of shoes. It must be all heat. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I have five pairs of, of Skylons because like I love Skylons and they're cheap yeah. and comfortable and they look great. Right. So yeah, yeah. got to maintain, maintain that balance. So you'll get, you'll be in a weird spot just chasing the heat. Absolutely. But yeah, actually I didn't know you were an actor. <laughs> I had, I had no idea. I would love for you to, to walk me a little bit through that because, you know, Marco kind of painted the picture <laughs> for me, but that must've helped you in, in, you know, your career in video and the shows you've worked on, obviously there's some, some work there that correlates, but I'd love to hear from you um, on that background. Okay. So obviously um, I, I went to college at Stony Brook university. It's in long Island. And uh, I wanted to double major in um, theater and business management, but I made that decision during my, the end of my sophomore year, which means there's no way I could do that in time and graduate in four years, which mm -hmm. means I would have to pay more money to stay an extra year. And I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. So I said, screw it. Let's just be a business management major. So <laughs> I graduated on time. Didn't want to pay the extra tuition money. Right. Because makes sense. Yeah. So when I graduated, I started temping at a, um, just a corporate job doing administrative stuff. And I really thought to myself that summer, this can't be life. You can't do this for 40, 50 years and then retire. That'll be a waste of a life. What year was that? 
oh man like 2013 2011 like no 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 way before that i look young but yeah now see now i want to ask you how old you are but i don't know if i want to put you on the spot on the podcast don't put me on the spot don't put me i don't don't i'll tell you i'll tell you off off the podcast yeah i don't want to ruin your 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 uh persona on the record but anyways continue continue no it's all good i'm pretty i'm pretty sure they can just google it but um yeah, I graduated that first year. You, obviously, you have to look for a job, be professional and all that. So I thought to myself, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I have to at least try to do something that I, I think would be interesting. So I did a ton of research while temping at this corporate job, trying to you know break into the acting business. And you realize that you have to do student films, do all this other mm-hmm. jazz, get an agent. How do you get an agent? Uh, build up your resume. All that stuff led up to uh, like a manager freelancing with me. And somehow, some way, I ended up booking a huge Wendy's campaign that ended up being mm-hmm. 20 plus commercials that was airing nationwide. Somewhere airing in Canada. It was it was pretty wild, you know, very interesting learning experience. Yeah. And it just so happens that that same week I ended up booking a, a, a full, I don't know, 20, 20, 20th century Fox movie, a notorious, uh, the big small movie. Mm. And that really gave me, it, it taught me a lot about how to be on set, all the different lingo. Cause Mind you, I didn't go to acting school. I, I have no idea what people are saying. Yeah. I would ask questions on set. Hey, what what is this? Uh, what is speeding? What is a sound speed? What is what is all these light lights? Um, yeah. So I just paid attention, and it wasn't until a couple of years of doing that that I realized consistency is key to this business. And I wasn't booking consistently, so yeah. I had to get a job. Right, I had to get a full time job. Yeah, um, I started investing in camera equipment, trying to film my own stuff. You know, huge inspirations include Casey Neistat, YouTubers, you know, Mm -hmm. you start to realize that YouTube is the wave and, you know, you have to jump in somehow, some way, if no one's going to put you in their movies. So I invested in camera, started to watch a ton of tutorials on how to edit videos, how to piece together episodes. And then I quit my insurance job and I just decided to go, unemployed which is terrible <laughs> i was unemployed for six months yeah. watching a ton of social media just different videos on how how to spice things up yeah and then i saw a bleacher report uh do these video memes where they swap big heads on i don't know put lebron's head on a, on a kid dancing yeah and i started making those teaching myself how to how to do that stuff then the nba finals came around i think that was what 2016 yeah, that was the, the the Cavs versus the Warriors. And I, I started to teach myself how to make video memes, made a bunch of them, uh, started releasing them during the NBA Finals, and some of them got viral. And that's when Complex reached out to me and said, hey, we need somebody to do this. Yeah, that's the segue there of like, how did you go from the corporate job to trying to be an actor to being at Complex? Oh, trust me. There's a lot more layers yeah, to yeah, yeah. the insurance job, but I don't want to give all the details. I was basically sneaking out to auditions during my insurance job, you know, trying not to get caught because you got there's a cubicle and nobody talks to each other. So yeah. you just pretend like you're in the bathroom for like an hour, but really you're out at an audition. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love, I love that because you know a lot of people are like, I don't know what to, you know, what to do with my life or where to start. And sometimes it's just like, just fucking do it. Just, just go out and do. And it's, and it's better to be doing anything for a day, for a week, for months, while you figure that out and you build your repertoire, your skills versus doing nothing, right? Because, you know, for for you, you went from having never used a camera or an editing program to now having created content that people, you know, I don't know what viral defines, but I would assume hundreds of thousands of people were seeing it. And that just starts with some repetition and hard work. So kids, if you're listening and need some inspiration, just, just do practice your craft and work on it. Yeah, I mean, the internet is right there. It YouTube is. is right there. You can literally look up any type of tutorials. It's all on the internet. Yep. So all you need is really the drive. Yep. No, hundred percent. And then like, you know, we get asked all the time, how did you start soul savvy with basically no money? I'm like, well, 30 years ago, if I wanted to send an email, I'd have to code a program to send emails for a contacts list. Now I sign up for MailChimp, which is $10. Right? <laughs> how did you do this? I'm like, everything's at your disposal right now. So you just have to research and, and, and hard work really is, is all kind of sometimes there's, there's more to it. There's, you know, there's a luck, there's luck along the way, but hard work is definitely the, the driver in, in all of that progress. Exactly. So, you know, obviously you're, you're at complex. You were there then for f- four years, if I'm doing my, my four plus years, close plus to five. Years. Yeah. Life at complex is probably what a lot of people kind of know you from. If they just know you uh, loosely, you did that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously it's something you're passionate about, but Walk, walk me through that. Like you were, you were doing everything like that start to finish was you. So I was hired. So obviously I mentioned the, the video memes, right? Yeah. That, that's for social. Yeah. So I was hired to make those for complex. Yeah. Literally every day we go into pitch meetings. We think of ideas. Hey, uh, Frank Ocean is dropping an album this week. What yep. ideas can we make? Uh, what, what social memes can we do to, to get more engagement, to, to actually, you know, get more followers? Cause at the end of the day, it's all about analytics, right? How yep. do we grow our brand? How do we get more yep. reach? Yep. So I was doing that nonstop for about, I was hired in July, 2016. It's doing that all the way up to let's say September, mm-hmm. a couple months. Then one day, mind you, this is the first time I ever worked for a media company. I, Coming from a corporate side insurance company, yeah, totally different. Way more laid back, way more open to uh, collaborating with coworkers. Yep. And I realized that this is pretty cool. I think I should document this. So I told you earlier that I invested in camera equipment. Yep. One day I decided to bring it into the office. Took a huge risk because you just don't know, right? You're coming from an insurance company. You think if you take out a camera over there at the insurance company, you're going to get fired on the spot. They think you're, you're, you're a mole. You're going to leak yeah. sensitive information. Yeah. I thought the same thing at Complex. I, I thought once I take out the camera, oh, you're going to get laid off right yeah. now. But Literally I was sitting next know. to a coworker of mine, and we were really cool because we had to work in tandem, right? He would design the, the templates. I would animate them. So I took out my camera one day, started filming silly clips just between me and my coworker. And obviously, one coworker leads to another coworker. Had all these clips by the end of the day. Go home, thinking, do I sit on these clips and just edit them on the weekend? No, let's burn the midnight oil. Let's <laughs> try to cut together an episode and post it tomorrow, just to get some reaction out of out of people. 
yep. not necessarily my coworkers, just in general, right? So I do that. I post the episode the next day. Some of my colleagues were following me on Twitter. And obviously when I tweeted, I promoted, people click on it and they were like, oh, this is what you were doing yesterday when you were pointing a camera in our face. This is pretty damn cool. Yeah. You keep doing it. So I kept doing it secretively. Obviously, the higher ups, if they found out, I might, I might be toasted. Yeah. So kept doing it for two weeks. I had no idea JLP was watching. Yeah. JLP is like watching everybody's stuff, which is great because he's he's in the know and he's communicating with the higher ups. Hey, look at this guy. He's doing this all this in 24 hours. This is insane. And it costs us no money. <laughs> and he's just cranking out content. Yeah. I think there's something here. So I think about two, another half a week, two, two and a half weeks into it, I get called into the office of NCB and Noah, Noah Callahan yep. Bever. And he was the editor in chief at that time. And I thought I was getting fired on the spot, but he told me, Hey, we've been watching what you're doing. We think it's amazing. Keep doing it. And mind you, at that time, I had no idea what was going on. All that positive affirmation. That's all I really needed. So I was making video memes in the day, recording clips during the day, bringing the clips home at night and editing them at night. So I safe to say I was going to get burned out yeah. pretty soon later. Right. So I kept doing it all the way leading up to the first complex con ever. And mind you, while I was making those episodes, I was posting it on my personal channel. It wasn't on complex because hmm. they, they wouldn't give me the, the platform yet. I guess they were testing me to see how long I could keep it up. So I did it for about two months straight, five yeah. days a week, Monday through Friday, episode new, 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 new. Yeah. And when ComplexCon came around, that was the first ever ComplexCon in 2016. They told me, Tony, I think it'd be great if we send you out there and that will be your launch point into the Complex channel. Yep. We'll make a recap video of each day, try to get as much can- content as you can, and we'll take it from there. So I said, like, great. I've never been on a work trip before. Yeah. I freaking worked at an insurance company where nobody travels. Yeah. This is amazing. You're going to pay for my flight and housing? Let's go. This was LA, right? The first year? Uh, it's always been long. Yeah, it's been LA. Yeah. 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 So I do that. I tr- start to pivot over to the Complex channel. And that's when I ended up on the Complex platform. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that all the way until about... Two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I, again, I love the, the organic aspect of it and I'm glad they, well, they were letting you rock early on. Cause why not? It wasn't costing them anything and it was generating something interesting, but I'm glad it turned into something, something special. It's something that was a part of, of complex. And obviously people know you for that. But you're much, you're much more than that. And you've done a lot of, a lot of different other things, different um, interviews with different stars and different moments throughout your career. Does anything, anything stand out? Like you're, you're going to look back and you're like, man, from my run at Complex, X, Y, and Z kind of are the standouts for me personally. It doesn't have to be because, you know, this person's famous, but for you just on a personal level, I would, I would love to hear what, what, what stands out. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of moments, you know, from, from press trips to just 
just gifting it, it's all that stuff is great because it's like it makes you feel good that people are appreciating you and they want to collaborate with you but i guess i guess some of the really really standout moments that, that i can recall is probably the joe button uh, blow up where yeah. he uh he just went rampant <laughs> on uh one of the colleagues in the office angel diaz that really put a lot of eyes on life at complex because mm. that, that video went and hit a million views within a week, I think. And that really helped build the brand awareness. Now that it might've been bad because like, you know, he blew up at a complex employee, but at the end of the day, Content. it'll be okay. Right. Yeah. We're in the long run. That's just one video that, that video stood out to me. <laughs> this might be controversial, but the Takashi six, nine video, when uh, Takashi Six Nine stopped by the office, and and nobody knew. Well, he had a lot of momentum coming in, but nobody was really rocking with him like that because of his cases. Mm-hmm. And it, that I, we shot, I shot that. I was behind the camera. I never showed my face. I was literally just trolling him just to have fun, right? Yeah. Part of my job is to make it entertaining. You don't want to be serious and just interview uh, a celebrity and ask them basic questions. You you want to reach a different side of them. You know, try to make it a little silly. So that video really, really took off and is literally today the most viewed video of Life at Complex. Do you know what your lifetime views are on that series? Like, do you have any idea oh, what that man. number is? Lifetime views. Well, that that Takashi video is six million views. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe twenty. Maybe, maybe like uh, if I had to add up all the the videos, probably like oh, shit. Yeah, I forget. There's volume there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know, like 80 million views, hundred million views. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, no, I, this is, this is my way of transitioning um, <laughs> the conversation and saying, you know, obviously you've joined soul savvy. You're, you're leading our, our video strategy director of video. We're starting small. You are the video team, yeah. <laughs> but we, we're building up in the coming weeks and the coming months. And I know we're going to do a lot of, a lot of amazing things and hopefully we'll make that. Uh, I was going to say a uh, hundred um, million or 200 million. No, no. We're, t- we're going to talk a billion views. We're going to be thinking, how do we how do we do a billion views through video as a company through compelling content? But what are you looking forward to most? I feel like, I mean, we're handing you a clean slate and and saying, do you be you be the, do the best? Do what you want to do? What is like? Yeah, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to making quality content, quality and impactful content. And also growing and building a very strong team. And, you know, building brand awareness is great, you know, but that comes with quality content, right? Yeah. And in order to get quality content, you need a strong team. So I'm trying to break down to the bare bones and try to start from there. I think, obviously, I'm going to set goals for myself monthly to try to hit. But yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to adapt as well, right? I don't want to be too mm. too focused on one thing. Uh, I don't want to have the ton of vision on all the time. I want to be able to adapt on the go. So it's going to be very challenging, but you know, pressure either breaks pipes or build diamonds. So yeah, let's hey, see. Pressure is always good. Um, if you're not living under pressure, you're probably not going to do your best job. And pressure doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, there's there's definitely good pressure, right? Yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to it. What what made you feel like it was time to 
make this change in your life and, and this transition. And obviously like our mission is, you know, I, I say like a, like I'm Batman, but to save sneaker culture, right. And, and make it more enjoyable. But what, what made you want to join our team? Yeah. I, I felt like I saw my ceiling at complex, right. It's like, I've been doing the video content for, for four plus years now. And, and when I look at my trajectory and maybe, I don't know, another two or three years down the line, if I stayed with complex, where would I be? I'd probably be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's not really growing. Right. Cause there's always going to be people on top at the top that don't want you to get up to their level because then otherwise they won't be on top. Right. So okay. I, I realized I'm never going to manage my own team as long as I stayed at complex. Yep. So this is a perfect opportunity to actually build a team and actually run and manage a, a team. So yep. I, I couldn't turn this down. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what, that's why I, I love the, the clean slate. Like we, as a company, everything we're doing, we don't really have anyone to answer to no one that has a say it. It's really the beauty of the early years of, of something special where, you know, we're now saying, Hey, we're dedicating time, resources, and people to video and video content. Cause we believe that's important. Uh, content is one of the three pillars for us as a company uh, community being the second and the third will, you know, it's in the, in the secret vault for now. We're not going to sit <laughs> on the podcast just yet. But video content's can be very important, um, whether that's that's members only or or the public or the combination of that stuff. And having you come in and letting you lead, lead that wave, put mm. that team together, execute on those ideas, find other talented people like yourself or people who need that start, who are in their corporate job, who just bought that video camera, who are gonna meme their way to um, a five-year life of complex series. Like let's <laughs> let's let's build that that squad squad together. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. One last thing bef- before we kind of hop off. A lot of yeah, sneaker culture right now is a lot of complaining. Is that fair? To, is that a fair word to, to toss out right now? That is very fair. We, th- we there's a lot there's a lot of highlighting the L's and complaining about the you didn't get them and um, you missed out and whatever the hell sneakers app says. I don't even try anymore on sneakers app. But I don't want to dwell on that. Give me something positive that you love and appreciate about sneaker culture and the sneaker community that we as a whole can continue to, um, you know, focus our energy on and, and look at the positive. Positive about the sneaker community. Very passionate, very passionate. For good and bad. <laughs> yeah. For good and, and for good and bad, you know, it's always, it's always going to be something new coming out and there's always going to be a new story being told. So that is what I like about the sneaker community, you yeah. know, there's always something refreshing coming out. Yeah, there might be some complaining, but people get over it. You know, time heals all wounds. So they'll be all right. Yep. I, I also like that sneakers bring people together, whether it's it's hooping or just another sport. People come together. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but like, you know, with, with the whole Kobe situation, yep. everyone came together and they, they wanted to play like Kobe and, and they wanted to cherish his sneakers. So that is is a bond that bonds strangers together yeah that's the power of community that's that's the core of of the business and what we drive um all of our decision making on because if you come together over something you love versus the price of something on a third party that tells you how much it's worth um there's just a drastically different mindset to that and um, it's nowhere near as fun when you take the other approach. So right. 
that is the soul savvy way. Tony, I'm super excited to have you on the team. So it'll allow you to start building for everyone who's listening. You might be watching this <laughs> um, next right. time, or you might be, we, we, Tony might come in the office on Monday and be like, fuck it, let's throw this on YouTube. I don't know. That's that's up to you. Thank you for joining us. Stoked to have you on the team. Excited to, to build and um, see what the future has and hold for, for both sides. Let's go DP, I'm ready. Let's do it. Thank you.